You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. What up, mi gente? This is your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. And today, what? We're talking to a legendary creator, at least for me, because I love the game that she worked on. She was a character designer and an animator. But hold on. Before we even present her, oh my God, because she also got a dope new project. Let me introduce a rookie crusader on the team that's joining me today to chit chat and ask some questions. Because when, when he heard I was talking to Tina, he says, oh my God, Al, I definitely want in the one, the only Mr. Antonio Rodriguez, aka Antonio Maps. What's popping, kiddo? How you doing? All good, Al. Thank you for having me. Happy to be no. here. Yeah, but are you ready to talk to this like legendary star right here? She she she's she's kicking ass worldwide. This, this is what yeah. I'm thinking, yo. She she coming with an ill style and an ill flavor, and now she got some ill movies for us to look at. Let me introduce the one, the only <laughs> Miss Tina Novrotsky. Good, and you yeah. got my name right. I'm so I'm so impressed. Good job. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! We growing up in Greenpoint, it helped me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, thank you, welcome for coming on, sharing some time with us to talk about this dope new project and a bit about your little background too. You know, so people still getting in the know of why they need to be even putting eyes on this baby. So I'll be bringing up the Indiegogo and all that goodness as well. So, you know, let's read it back real quick, you know, to the early days, right? So, all right. Us know, where are you originally from and what was your first love in fandom, period? Ooh, so that's a great question. I am originally from Poland. I was born in Radom, Poland. Um, it was communism uh, in Poland at the time. Okay. So my family decided to get the hell out of there. And uh, we were actually considering either Australia or Canada. And uh, Canada said yes, and so we're here. By the way, my dog is destroying his bed in the background. So. <laughs> my cat's back <laughs> trying, here too. I so. saw your cat in the background too. Yeah, All the you know, pets you, having fun. Um, yeah, yeah. You said communism. They went nuts. Oh, <laughs> I love how he always tries to take over. Like he wants to be the star of every show. Um, yes. So when it comes to my first love, it was actually animation. Um, I started watching. Hold on, give me one second. I'm just going to excuse him out of this. because <laughs> Back there destroying the room. Kitty's yeah. looking out the window looking at the bird over there. Yeah. I love, I love how they pick the right time, you know, always. Um, so my first love was animation. I started watching some Disney cartoons when I was a kid, and I was obsessed with Robin Hood. All right. uh, so you know, and I was obsessed with not any of the female characters. I really loved the bunny Skippy uh, because he was seven years old in the film. He has a birthday, and I I turned seven, and I was like, oh my god, I am Skippy. And so I learned how to do archery because of Robin Hood. I can you know I could do bow and arrow and all that kind of stuff. So that was my Uh-oh. first fandom. There you have it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, Arsenal in the building. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So were you alone in your fandom growing up or did you have a tribe of people that joined you in your fandom? 
so it was basically just our family that immigrated. So my mom, my dad, and my older sister. Uh, but we have we were very lucky to live in a in a you know community where there was a lot of immigrants and there was a lot of waves of immigrants. We were kind of talking about the Polish neighborhood okay. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and so when I was growing up in the 90s, there was like a wave of Jamaican immigrants. So, you know, and so and we all lived in this neighborhood. We had block parties. We would do, you know, uh, we would play with water guns. We would have watermelon and, you know, mac and cheese and everybody would hang out together. All the kids playing. It was great. And we were all from, you know, different cultures spoke different languages um, because I immigrated to Montreal in Canada. It's a French speaking province. So you would know your you know, language at home. You would know English and French. So everybody spoke three languages. Nice. Oh, that's crazy. That is nice. I grew up in New York, so it's just English and Spanish. And that's that. You know what I mean? I speak a little bit of French. Just oh, like good. Eat. There you yeah. go. It's close to Spanish. I... It's not that bad. Well, yeah, I know a little bit. All I know is, je m'appelle Comment ça peut tu the same thing for me in Spanish. I have like basic level Spanish. And so if somebody yeah. speaks too fast, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm checking out. <laughs> I can't, I don't understand. To like buy some food or something, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm stuck in the present tense in Spanish because I'm not good at conjugating verbs yet. So I would say like, um, to, like I'll do something tomorrow and I'll say it in present tense and they'll be like, okay, I get it. Like it's in the future. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So um, I would like to ask you a couple of questions. I'm a huge fan of your work on Cuphead, on Sirenka. Is that how you say it? Sirenka? Yes, Sirenka. Very good. Sirenka. Um, so I too am an artist and um, there's I, I love character design. So having this opportunity to ask you questions about character design is like a dream come true. Awesome. So, and I, I was like straight up like a couple of weeks ago, just finished uh, reading Cuphead, the art of Cuphead. So I saw all these amazing designs by you and um, I'd love to ask you several questions. I'm so so um, my first question is, how long have you been drawing and at what point did you decide to focus on character design? Oh, that's a good question. So uh, I started drawing since I was, I don't know, maybe one year old, two year old, very, very young. Um, I got into it because my older sister is perfect and good at everything. Um, and drawing was the only thing that I was slightly better than her at. So I was like, this is what I need to do because she was perfect at everything and like would get all the best grades in school and so on. So I started drawing very young. I started taking it seriously at age eight. That's when I was like, this is this is what I'm going to be doing. I started trying to learn anatomy. I started learning bone structure. I uh, wanted to go to model drawing at age like 10 and they wouldn't let me because it's naked yeah. people. Uh, so my mom had to sign a letter and she had to come with me so that I could, I could go and draw the model. So that was really nice. So I, you know, loved drawing ever since I was a kid. And then um I also loved theater. I loved being on the stage. I like making people laugh. Uh, I was, you know, very enamored with an audience. And um, I started working first in traditional mediums. I did oil painting. Uh, I started by studying realism. And I think this is very important for a lot of young artists or people who are starting out. You want to like you love drawing cartoons. That's what you want to do. You want to like caricature, caricature. But I think it's very important to start with drawing from life 
and observe life and then use that to inspire your work afterwards. So I think that's very important. That's how I started a lot of realism. I worked on movie sets when I was growing up. I was a teenager. I worked on The Aviator by Leonardo DiCaprio, oh, wow. painting sets for that. Um, and then I went to uh, college uh, to do a certificate. It was a three-year program called Illustration and Design. And that's where I first started cartooning. Before that, it was all realism. It was all like I never did cartoons. I never tried caricature. Um, so I started learning how to do um, character design, caricature, and animation. It was the first time I ever touched animation was in that course. And it was for me this aha moment because it was acting and drawing put together so yeah. that's, that's that awesome awesome um during college or the certificate did you have to do like a short film uh let me try and remember i don't think so i think we did like very short it wasn't it wasn't it was it was not an animation program per se it was called illustration and design so we did a lot of uh design work a lot of you know poster art labels Uh, and animation was a very tiny portion of that. So we had one course. And in that one course, we did do like a little film, but I wouldn't call it a film per se. I started doing films a bit later. Um, I started working in video games right away. Uh, right after that, it was 16 years ago that I started working in the industry. And I would take night classes as well. And so I tried to uh, make some shorts on the side. Um, but it's been a long time since I made another animated short so i'm really excited about serenka because it's going yeah. to be my own and i get to you know do it exactly how i want to so yeah awesome awesome um my second question is um i noticed a lot of sketches really awesome sketches in the cup in the art of cuphead uh book and um i wanted to ask you a little bit about the process of creating new characters um uh, from receiving the prompt to like bringing that character to life how does Ooh. that go for you That's a very good question. I, I am very fast at drawing. And so uh, my like process is uh, draw as much as possible. Like, you know, just put your ideas uh, on, on paper. But I would start with, you know, you have a prompt. So, for example, for the run and gun levels, they give you a theme. So, for example, the theme is the harbor, you know, somewhere where the boats uh, come to dock. And then I would write a list of potential characters for that theme. And then I would call my sister, uh, who is not an animator. She is a professor of history at McGill University. Um, and for some reason, her brain is super creative. And so I would come up with a few ideas. And then she would just like give me so many new ideas. And I was writing them down, writing them down. I thought that was amazing. And then I started drawing and I would watch cartoons. So just to like refresh my memory on the design choices of the 1930s, I would have Betty Boop running in the background or Popeye or, you know, comic color cartoons. And then I would start just drawing like just as you saw in the Art of Cuphead book, just pages, so many, and pages, yeah. and pages of characters. And then I would scan them and send them to Chad and Jared, who had. Uh, either a very vague idea of what they wanted or a more specific one. And they would give me feedback like, okay, so we like this, or now we've decided that the enemy needs to do this. And so can you draw more of this? Or, you know, they give me some more like strict parameters after that big explosion of creativity at the beginning. And then you kind of like whittle it down, whittle it down until you have the final character design. 
else. Um, before handing it off to Al again, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, since we're in the topic of character design and how many you did before, um, for do, do you ever get like passionate about a specific character and it doesn't get, um, you know, it doesn't get picked for the final game? Oh, and of how course. do you handle that? It always happens. Like, you know, you, you fall in love with something, you really love that character and you're, you have your fingers crossed that they're going to pick it and they don't. <laughs> and, but you know, like, that's what I love about like art of books because it shows like there was this like, oh, I really love them. I don't know if you remember this. So you'll have to go back to the book and find them. There's a series of mushrooms and I loved these mushrooms. It looked like he was kind of inspired by Napoleon. There's like a Napoleon mushroom and then his little minions behind him. And I loved those mushrooms so much, but they didn't get picked. So it always happens. But to be honest, um, I'm pretty good at keeping a certain distance to my art in the sense of like, I'm not super married to it. I'm not a perfectionist. Maybe that's the, that's the secret is not to be a perfectionist. Um, and so whatever they choose, I fall in love with that character and I, and I want to bring it to life and I get excited about it. Uh, so I don't, I don't feel very sad for very long if something that I created didn't get picked or didn't make the cut or what have you, you know, you just get excited about the next thing that you're doing and, and keep that passion alive. Awesome. Awesome. I'm sorry, I'm playing. So go ahead, brother. Keep going because, um. Cool. Well, I have a ton of questions. So go for it. I am I'll, here. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, you mentioned that uh, for new uh, artists that they should start doing uh, realism work and painting for life and all that. But for specific character design people that want to get into the industry, like what do you just suggest they like focus on, or if if they should like I I, I should add this specific thing to my portfolio. Like what what do you suggest for character design? Oh, that's a good question. I think. Um, I think showing variety, especially early on in your career is very good. There's two, two schools of thought. There is obviously like, if you want to be known for a certain style and you have a signature look that you're really hoping to be known for, it's good to, you know, build that portfolio around that style that you love. However, if you want to be employable, especially early stages of your career, Uh, the projects are going to be very different. So showing variety is a very good thing to have. So showing characters that are more like human proportions and a bit more realistic, maybe more comic book style, and then showing something that's very kid friendly, very squishy, very fluffy, you know, very, very cartoony is also good to show them that you could do both. And when I was looking at portfolios of, you know, young designers or young animators, I love seeing Uh, realism in their portfolio. So seeing model drawing or seeing something that they draw from life, because then it shows a range. It shows that, okay, this person can adapt and, you know, can take feedback and can, you know, change the design according to the needs of the project. So I think versatility is very good, especially early on. And then when you build yourself up, when you have a career and you're known for something, then it's really good to like hone in on your, on your style and on your craft. And then people will come to you for that style. But at the beginning, it's take whatever you can, right? So like you have to, you have to have versatility. Awesome, awesome. Right on that topic of um, versatility and the portfolios and this whole thing, um, do you think new character designers or aspiring character designers they should focus on writing their own stories and coming up with their own characters, or like redesigning stuff that's already out there? Oh, this one's a really hard one, and I'm not sure where I stand on this camp because. 
you know, a lot of contacts you get these days are online, right? Through online presence. Uh, I've gotten so many jobs through LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram. It's so weird that people will reach out to you on these platforms and hire you that way. Um, and of course, fandoms <laughs> get you a lot of views. So if you're like, here are, you know, the Harry Potter characters, and I'm going to redesign them in my own style, you're going to get a lot more views than if you were to redesign your own characters. So I'm not hating on that as long as you're putting your own spin on it, right? Like if you're doing it in your own style and then try and try and expand past that. Like once you do get the views, once you do get people's attention, do something original, do something of your own. And then if you if you want to go back to a fandom, uh, absolutely. But I am so into like new, fresh ideas. Like I want to see new stories and new characters and not us redoing the same things over and over again. Um, so like personally, I love fresh new ideas, yeah. uh, but you can, you know, use something that's old to inspire you. Like, I don't know, look at cave paintings and then make a, a set of cartoon cool. characters based on cave paintings from like, you know, Chauvet Cave in France or uh, ancient Chinese art. Like, look at that and create a cartoon character based on that. You don't have to look at modern fandoms to inspire you. Like, go back further in history and, and use that. And you'll see there's like beautiful design choices that happens when, when we use like different eras of art. And my short film, for example, is inspired by uh, art movement that is not very well known. It's the Moda Polska movement in Poland, which was the Art Nouveau of Poland. And everybody in Poland knows it. Like, we all know this art movement. But outside of Poland, people don't are not aware of it. And so I'm using it to inspire my film so people can get to know it. But also, it will make for a new and, and juicy and creative new animation style. And I want to awesome. see innovation. Like, this is why what makes us human. It's new ideas, right? You mean this one right here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's the Indiegogo campaign. This is a beautiful concept piece, by the way, uh, by amazing artist who is my friend. Her name is Anna Potetvorna. She's also Polish. She worked yeah. on a lot of video games, including The Witcher. Um, so she is she's hot stuff. Like she's really up there when it comes the to the real deal. Yeah, she's the real deal. But we have um if you scroll down, I could show you the the Moda Polska. Um, so there's a little bit in the description. So here's a, a, a still from uh, my test shot. But if you scroll down a little bit lower, here's my lovely, oh, wow. by the way, all the of amazing uh, people helping me make this film. Oh, wow. And all ladies as well. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. The film is a feminist message about a warrior mermaid. It was important for me that it was, you know, women and people who are gender, you know, non-conforming who are part of this film. So it's it's a really fun project that way to get their voices heard. And here it is. Okay, so Ooh. these are uh, paintings and pastels uh, from that specific art movement. And I love them so much, especially uh, the pastels because they're more graphic. They have like a thicker line. Um, it looks that it can be animatable. And I think, you know, the color stories from these paintings and the, the kind of the design choices are gonna inspire the film. So I'm really excited. And I hope young artists do this too. Like look at old art movements and inspire your, or your own work. That's so Ooh. awesome. Those character yeah. designs are amazing. So this oh. is not mine. It's Yasmin Firouche. She's a very young, so talented character designer from Morocco. 
And I found her through a friend on a Discord. And they were like, she's so talented. Somebody get her work. And I didn't know of a studio that was looking for a concept artist yet. But I was like, can you do some concepts for me while you're looking for work? And she agreed. And so she's going to do all the concept art uh, for the characters for me. And then, of course, I changed them a little bit because my style is slightly different. But I love her ideas and her eye is great. Um, So, yeah. So I love working with a character designer. It's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about uh, the story behind Sirenka? Yeah, of course. So, uh, as I said, I am Polish. I was born in Poland. And Warsaw, the city of Warsaw, has this beautiful emblem. It's like a coat of arms. A lot of cities have this. And the coat of arms for Warsaw is uh, a mermaid who is a warrior. So she has a shield, she has a sword, and she's very badass. And, of course, there is a legend that surrounds this coat of arms. However, the original legend is very, um, fairly simple and very much, um, you know, the damsel in distress kind of story, right? So mermaid gets captured, uh, somebody saves her, and then at the end. But I was thinking <laughs> that a warrior mermaid wouldn't need to be saved. I mean, she's pretty, like, she already has a sword and a shield. She's she's a warrior. She's powerful. So She'd do, she do the saving. Yeah, she'd do the saving. <laughs> Who are you saving, boy? I'm saving your ass. Yeah, yeah. and so, uh, so I felt that I wanted to tell a different story. And my story is based on that beautiful legend. It's going to be gorgeous. It's going to be juicy. It's going to be beautifully animated frame by frame. However, the story is going to have a modern twist, a feminist message, because right now in the world, in a lot of different countries, I feel we're moving backwards when it comes to human rights, when it comes to women's rights, uh, rights to bodily autonomy. It's going downhill. Mm -hmm. And I am standing with all the amazing women who are fighting for their rights worldwide. And we are artists. So what better way to fight than through our art? Art as activism. Yeah, something that that, that that throws my mirror is, is the design of the character. It's 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 a womanly character. It's it's yes. not these slim things that you see models mm-hmm. like they try to portray mermaids as if they don't eat. Come on, yeah. yeah. That's also, it's cold woman. in the water for hell's sake. Like I'm pretty like, sure, some, right? Some some like, <laughs> like some layers. <laughs> No, and also I feel like, um, you know, there are many body types out there. And yes, there are women who are super slender, but we've represented them a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel other body types also need to be represented. Um, And so I wanted my mermaid to be a bit of a different body type, the one that you don't always see in media, which a lot of women look like, you know, we look Mm -hmm. like this, including me. (laughs) I have have big hips. And so, you know, I I wanted somebody that um, represents another type of body type, which is important for me. And what's up with the bar matron? Because she don't look very happy in these pictures. What's up? Yeah, so there's there's two main characters really in the film. There's the mermaid who is magical. And she represents um, kind of like the the symbol to fight, you know, to fight for our rights and to fight uh, predominant misogyny, really. Whereas there's another character to counterbalance that, who is Kinga, the bar matron, and she lives in the real world. You know, she is confronted daily by those those little things that like you just have to get to normalize because if you want to survive you can't fight them all the time and this happens to a lot of women i don't know if you're aware of this when we're young and the first time as teenagers we get cat called or something really gross happens at a bar 
or something gross happens at work to us, we are so angry and so upset. And like, why is this happening to me? And then it keeps happening over and over and over and over. And as you get older, you're just tired of being angry. You're just like, oh, well, this is how the world is. I'm just going to be treated like garbage because I'm a woman and that's okay because that's how the world is. And so you stop wanting to fight because you're tired. And so Kinga represents that mature woman who is strong and has survived, but she lost that that ability to want to fight because she's just tired. <laughs> and so the mermaid represents the fight that no, we can't say yes, that this is normal and this is okay because it's not okay. And so I wanted that kind of the reality of a real world and then you know the symbol to fight and that it is okay to be angry and we should be angry i think a lot, a lot of us men that have mamas still around could, could see our mama's face in that too tired yes. of the fight and dealing with the bs in our bs sometimes <laughs> yeah and, and like she is a mother so um kinga has a young daughter and so i wanted that generational mm-hmm. kind of a vision of like the the women who raised us who are so strong and so powerful but also who at some point get worn down just by you know everything around them and i wanted that like dichotomy to be in my film so i got this question and you got the next something so let me ask here because i'm showing this this particular thing for a reason where did you assemble such an amazing army of talent like this. <laughs> yes, thank you for asking. I'm so happy you asked that. So um, as you know, I work in video games and I've been working in video games for 16 years, so a long time. And for many, 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 many years, I would walk into a studio and it was me and 49 other guys and usually white guys. <laughs> like it was, it's not very diverse. Yeah. Um, and I see the change, the change is happening right now, which is absolutely incredible. A lot of young women are coming into the industry, but it's a change that is happening slowly. So I'm still very often the only woman on a team when I when I work in video games. And this movie is about women. It's about, you know, powerful women. And so I was like, you know what, for this project, I want to know what it feels like to be surrounded by amazing women X uh, individuals, people who are you know, women or non-gender conforming. And I wanna see how their voices change the project because uh, we are all here to tell stories. And you know, in video games, a uh, certain type of story is told very often because the people making those games are all fairly similar. And so we need new stories, we need new games, we need different uh, points of view. And so these, some of these amazing women are friends or families. So uh, I have a producer, her name is Felicity Moreland and she is finishing a documentary film, which you should really look into. Maybe you can Ooh. have her as a guest on Comic Crusade. Bring uh, on, bring on, bring on. We got it, we support everybody. Baby, yeah, and so her film is about 2D animation and the, what it's like in the world today. And so she interviewed an incredible rock stars of animation in our industry Uh, and i was her first interview and that's how we got to know each other oh nice (laughs) and then i have an amazing scriptwriter. her name is zarin darnell martin if you scroll up a little bit um so i think she's the yeah zarin darnell martin she's an actress uh so she does live action she's been acting for years and years and years but recently she started doing script writing 
And I've known her since I was like a baby, you know, since I was tiny, since I immigrated. What's a wee lad? All right, laddie. <laughs> yeah. All right. And she wrote the script. And then Dr. Bianca Boshame is another close friend of mine. And she actually studies feminism and women's rights and human rights. And my my sister, Eva Navratsky, uh, she's a professor okay. and she also studies human rights. And so they were consultants on the script writing process. So oh, I told nice. them I want this message and I want it to come through. And they had great ideas and suggestions on how to make it stronger. And as I said, yes. I have an amazing character designer, Yasmin uh, Kirush. I have some concept artists who are my friends. We're also Polish, Anna Podedvorna and Rita Kaczmarska. Uh, Susanna Komza is doing beautiful watercolor textures for the for the film. Cool. And then the rest of these amazing uh, individuals, I actually found online. I, I would go through Twitter. I would look at portfolios. Um, our amazing composer, Mariana Caligari, she actually reached out to us. She's like, do you have a composer yet? And I'm like, no, we don't. Oh, she's like, I want nice. to be a composer. <laughs> so yeah, it's been amazing. It's been such a journey. Mm. And I, I, I love every single one of them. They're so passionate and talented and excited about the project. And this is why I'm fundraising, because I believe artists should get paid. And yes, yes. And this is my passion project. So the, the budget that I'm trying to raise is going to pay all of these beautiful individuals. And if I don't get paid, that's OK. That's cool. I don't mind. But they need to get paid. And so the 50,000 Canadian dollar um, uh, you know, goal will be enough to pay them. And that's what I need. So I need everybody to donate so that they can get paid. Yep. And this is very simple, folks. The link is right there. It's also below. Just click away, show the love. You see the gold on screen, right? She yes. She's 50 Canadian American. It's 36, you know, Yeah, nine. I'm not asking right. for the world. They're halfway first. there. We could do it. We're halfway, halfway there. there. Also, yes. I keep telling everybody, if you go to Starbucks, stop. Switch that mermaid and give me your Starbucks money. Like switch one mermaid for the other mermaid, and that way I will get to right my there. goal. Just give me the your Starbucks. The water baby, seven bucks right there. The water baby. That's all. Yeah, do yeah. it. And if you get one of them larges or grand days, whatever the hell they want. Scroll down a little bit. You get the film at the next one. So for fifteen US, you can get the film as soon as Ooh. it's done its festival run. Um, we have this beautiful soundtrack is available as well. I'm working with a singer because most legends of a mermaid sings, like they're called sirens for a reason, right? They have their magic. Hypnotic voices. Yeah. yeah, they have magic in their voice. So I have a Polish singer who's singing the songs for the mermaid. Nice. Uh, the film will be in English because I want it to be international. I want people to understand it as best as they can, but the songs will be in Polish. I already recorded her beautiful voice, so I'm very excited. Oh, yes, nice. it's happening. Awesome. It's going on. That's oh, man. I love it so much. It's, it's yeah, really great. It, it feels, um, and you know, pardon the, the comparison, or, it feels like the grown-up version of the Little Mermaid, you know? It feels like the real version because the Little Mermaid is always has always felt like, even though it's like a classical story in many places, it's always felt very corporate and very male, white person wrote this, you know? Um, and this feels real. It feels like, like artistic. It feels real. I think there's so many different interpretations <laughs> of legends, and I think we, we can go back to the source. So if you look at the original Brothers Grimm, Little Mermaid, it is very sad it's you know we know the disney version because it's the one that's the most popular and everybody mm -hmm. grew up watching that one but in the original brothers grim she commits suicide like the mermaid dies Jeez. 
Yeah, it's not a happy story. And so a lot of these old legends are very adult, like they're not meant for kids, you know? So I think, um, I think I love, you know, doing entertainment for entertainment's sake. I'm the first person who loves making people laugh and making something that's fun and like upbeat. Um, I think it's quite obvious from what you've worked on. (laughs) Even though that game aggravated the hell out of me at some (laughs) points that my nephew will be like, uncle, you really can't get out of this. Come on, bro. He's enlist his (laughs) friends. Like, get out of here, uncle. You suck. (laughs) So I love all those things. But sometimes it's nice also to make more adult art, something that is an important message, more serious. Um, and it, like just to balance it out. So I will definitely be working on this, but I'm also working on some fun, entertaining, upbeat, happy things on the same time. So, you know, balance in life, balance. Yes, that's what Here we got Furbirth, the nerd. Thank you yeah. tuning in. Says very cool. I'm glad. That's right. You got to tune in. It's more than cool. You got to support this baby in the yeah. project to, to the best from, from a legend. I, if you don't know Tina from Cuphead, come on now. Yeah, follow Wait. me on all the things. I will be posting all the animations. I'm so excited. Um, if you don't know this, I'm still working in games. I'm working for two very small indie studios who have amazing, awesome projects happening, uh, very different styles. And so I will be posting about those whenever I can, whenever they're out in the wild. Uh, so more 2D games coming from me, but also this film. And you need to support yeah. this because I'm super excited about it. Yeah, you got uh, a whole bunch of stuff too. I mean, look at it. Yeah. So the one like Silver's, you know, you can get an original drawing from me, an animation drawing. Uh, you can get an original commission where I make you some an, a character in the 1930s style, exactly how you want Ooh, it. Nice. Yes, you get a lot of stuff. You, I want to see stuff. myself in the 30s style. <laughs> yeah, exactly. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and there's I also. A one-on-one mentorship. If you are a young animator or a young character designer and you want me to look at your work and give you all the feedback, um, you can also purchase a mentorship uh, in, in one of these packages. So it's called the Circe, I think. So there's that one as well. So all the fun things. And again, if you can't afford too much, just give me uh, your Starbucks money one day. <laughs> you know, yeah, before you yeah. go get coffee, be like, you That's know what, Tina deserves this. And give me the fifteen dollars you were gonna spend at, at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know what you get? You get two desktop wallpapers with some concept yeah, art yes, on top of that. Beautiful concept. So you know what? Coffee, coffee. You drink it and you piss it out, and it's gone. <laughs> but these digital desktop wallpapers will be forever. It will be right? on your desktop forevermore. <laughs> they will be beautiful. It'll be gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to ask a little bit about um the traditional animation techniques that are going into the film because I've seen a lot of uh, promotional material on Twitter and all this stuff and all of it looks like 2D like paper and pen you know like that's awesome. And I will show you. Hold on, I have oh. actual proof that I am not lying. Uh oh, Wepa exclusive. So here we go. This is the test wow. shot. <laughs> so oh. here we go. So you have all the all the drawings hand drawn on paper, meticulously by hand, and the entire film is going to be like this. Uh, Backgrounds and everything? uh, Not the backgrounds because then I would die. Uh, But but all the animation is going to be on paper, which is really exciting. And there's several reasons for this. Um, One. I think the world is going through a lot of this whole, you know, debate about AI, about machines making art. And I think there's something so beautiful about the human hand 
touching something and making it into an art piece. And people can tell the difference. And I think I think this is one of the reasons Cuphead was so popular. You can see the mistakes. You can see the human imperfections because a human touched this. Mm. It was literally drawn by hand. Everything, you know, done um, by hand. Oh, so this is why I love that game, and it's such a throwback to that lost art yeah, form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even and, uh, like no. there were backgrounds that uh, yeah. were stop motion, you know, and yeah, filmed, yeah. and they had like yeah. actual yeah. dioramas. Yeah, That's but awesome. to see how she even dresses, she I, she's a time traveler. She came <laughs> from that era over I'm here. Yes, so uh, there's a few reasons. One is to uphold the human artists, absolutely. Two, uh, I will be selling my drawings, you know, for anybody a later who wants to really? buy one. And that awesome. way it'll, it'll help support the film as well. So collectors, I'm a huge collector. I love uh, animation drawings. So I have like a whole shelf here. Oh, nice. cool. I bought my first uh, this year. Uh, I love my villains, and I had to get uh, oh. Skeletor. Skeletor! This is from the episode, there was like a hundred Skeletor clones running around. So this is from that episode. This is this is what, uh, scene 254 from it's season awesome. six. Amazing. Uh, and aren't you happy you have it? It's, it's oh my god, object, you know. So, um, I think people still love that to have a physical piece of art yes. that is one of a kind, that is not a reproduction. And so, I I'm doing it. my film this way for that reason. But two, I think I animate slightly differently when I animate on paper because I also animate, you know, on a Cintiq, and I mm. do love it. It's it's a lot faster. You know, there's great uh, things about it. But I find I focus more when I'm drawing on paper because you can't make as many mistakes you have to know mm -hmm. what you're doing and so it's also easier on the eyes like i like like looking paper versus looking at a screen all day it's it's mm -hmm. a lot better actually you feel yeah. a lot less tired so since it's a passion project i thought like i'm doing my work on the computer i'll just step away from the computer and work on my beautiful film the old-fashioned way which i love and it's going to be amazing so yeah Awesome, awesome. You mentioned how hard it is to like be at a screen all the time, and like that's what I do. I, I work as a full time artist, and I'm in my studio all day, and I have to wear these glasses all the time. Yeah, to so get the yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't hurt. There was a time where I was getting headaches after work, like bad head headaches, because of well, you just stare at a screen all day, and it just it's awful, really. Yeah, and so I, I have a dog. You saw him <laughs> making wreaking havoc in the background early on, and that helps a lot because he demands walks. He demands mm -hmm. me to get up, go yeah. away, look at the real world, at sunshine, at, at mm -hmm. the sky, and okay. then come home and like and then keep working. So finally, yes, to help. I, I will say, finally enough, I don't need the glasses because you know I stare at the screen multiple hours. I mean, these guys know I wake up about you know I'm already on a computer at four o'clock in the morning. And at eight o'clock at night, I'm still sending messages. This is what helps me not get cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, each their own. As long as it's helping, that's all that matters. That's like, all that yes. does. Yeah, sativa makes you work. Let me tell yeah. you. So I, I, I won't be slowpoke Rodriguez. I'm more like the Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, <laughs> it's walking the dog and animating on paper. So yeah. that's my two things. Um, I dig it. I'd, I'd love to ask you, what are the difference between uh, designing characters for video games and characters for a movie? Ooh, Ooh uh, that is very interesting because um, I find uh, a lot of the times people who worked in TV and film, 
come to video games and, and they're not quite sure about what's needed and how it needs to happen and so on. So uh, basically all character designers need to stop adding detail. Less detail, <laughs> please. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're designing characters for a 2D animation that's hand-drawn, uh, so much detail is really awful to animate. And it's hilarious because one of the games I'm working on, the character designer loves detail. And we have to, um, you know, ask and ask and ask to pull back, pull back, pull back so that we can actually get this animated. But the big difference is um, in the actual animation versus the character design. So, uh, you know, when you're doing TV or film, it's a lot of acting. It's a lot of close up shots. Um, you need to be really good at lip sync. So like, you know, how the lips match the, the dialogue. Whereas in games, it's all about action. It's about body mechanics. It's about how the body moves. You know, it's about loops and especially Cuphead. It was like everything has to start and finish at the same frame. And you see it multiple times over. So it can't be boring and you can't make mistakes. Uh, because like if, if there are mistakes, we're going to show up over and over and over and over again. So you have to be very kind of good at, at making repetition, walks, runs, you know, all those kind of things. If you want to work in video games, practice walk cycles, run cycles. Um, my last talk when I went to festivals were just about walk cycles, like how to get excited about how a character walks. You know, it's it's one of those things. So I find it's it's really interesting to see when animators from one industry switch over to video games and how they struggle because we're not used to a certain thing. And then I struggled a bit when I switched from video games to TV and film because I had to unlearn some things mm-hmm. and learn new things. But they're both amazing mediums. And so I think uh, they're both great to try. And especially for young animators, the fact that video games are embracing 2D animation. Yes. Like, yes, more jobs in 2D. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Uh, this is a great segue uh, to my last question. Well, I have a long list, but my last question. Um, how was the change from being part of a team to leading a team? Do you think you are not like, do you, have you been a natural born leader or are you like figuring it out as you go? How has it been for you? Oh, that's a good question because I hate people, generally speaking. Um, <laughs> so we can't hear you again. Sorry. That's, that's why you love video games. Yeah. yeah. Well, Most gamers, you know, like, I ain't about the people. Yeah, so (laughs) I have to, I have a a weird personality because I'm very um, easygoing. I can talk to people. I'm outgoing. uh, I'm very social when I need to be, but then people exhaust me and I need to like lie down in a dark room and be like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, please don't talk to me for a bit. Uh, Because I am an introvert, actually, like people drain me. And Mm -hmm. so uh, back in the day when I was working in games, I would get promotions and they would promote me to team lead and all this garbage. And <laughs> I would draw less and less and less and like have to do meetings and like train juniors and all this stuff that I didn't want to do. And so I actually quit my job because I was so upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will always want to be animating and drawing. On this project, it's very delightful because I have a producer, Felicity who does all the shit I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she, yeah. she writes emails, like does drafts sometimes. She's like, Tina, we need to write to these people. I wrote a draft, just change it so that like, it's like you wrote it. And I'm like, great. <laughs> you know, um, She reminds me when we have certain deadlines and meetings and things. Uh, she like even started looking for voice actors for me. So I didn't have to, and I just had to approve. 
So that's amazing. And all I have to do is like the art direction, which is fun because you get to just look at the art and I'm trying to be the boss that I like, I love the most, you know, mm. so two things. I want to be very positive, not too picky. I hate picky art directors and pay right away. <laughs> like mm -hmm. as soon as I get an invoice, that money is going to be in your account, you know? So that's what I want to as an art director. And so Hallelujah. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have to pull people's teeth sometimes. Yeah. Invoice. And I'm like, listen, I'm nice, but I, I don't want to threaten no one. Yeah. You know, but I hate that. It, it, it leads to lead to a threat for action. Like yeah. why are you why do you make me look like this? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to be this person, but like yo, yeah. Yeah. And I have one boss. She was absolutely amazing. I worked for her. She's a, a Welsh studio. Um, and I would send the invoice two minutes later, there was money. And like oh. it was amazing. Heaven. Yeah. Like, Heaven. Yeah. Oh, that's like it touched my heart. So I want to be that person. <laughs> you know, I want to be that kind of. It boss. touches my heart, and it's not even me receiving it. I'm like, oh man, it's beautiful. That's the we need more people be. like that for sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's how and I then, am. You um, sent me. As soon as strength is over, to answer your question, I'm back to just being an artist. I don't want to manage people. I don't want to like. This is not the. I just want to make the film, and I will mm -hmm. do whatever it takes to make the film. But it's not my dream to be, for example, a director or a, mm -hmm. a team leader and deal with people. Let me draw. Just, just, mm -hmm. just let me do the the art thing, and you do all the other managing things. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So in that way, being like having a producer has helped a lot. Yeah, I get it. I That's love her. She's my hero. Like absolutely wonderful person. So yes, yeah. have a producer. Have somebody like. Part of the reason I have a team is because um, I dreamt about this project for 10 years now. And if I had wow. made it 10 years ago, I probably would have tried to do everything by myself and I would have had a burnout. Um, so now I'm older and wiser and I know that I have strengths and I have certain things that I'm not the most amazing at. For example, layout. I can draw perspective if I have to. I can draw backgrounds if I have to. Am I amazing at it? No. Do, what do you do? You find somebody who's amazing at it and who and who's yes. happy to do it and is excited mm -hmm. about it, right? Same thing with color. I can do color if I have to. Somebody will push me. I will do it. Do I live and breathe light and color? No. So what do I do? I find somebody to do it. <laughs> I found an amazing artist called Hazel Dang. She's also Canadian, uh, but I think she's um, from uh, Vietnam originally. And okay. she lives and breathes light and juicy colors and it's just stunning so find the right people to support you and then together mm -hmm. you will make the best art piece that you possibly can that's awesome i think the difference between like a like a boss and an owner is a person that finds or, or a boss and a leader is a, a person that finds the right people and lets them do their job yes trust them i didn't hire these people to micromanage them mm -hmm. like i don't know how to do it as well as you do so just do you <laughs> you know just do do what you do best and i will you know tell you my vision but as working with my character designer you know i had a vision and she came up with a character design that had elements that i didn't even think of and i'm like i love these mm -hmm. elements i let's incorporate them they're amazing mm -hmm. yeah so that, and each person like shapes the story too so that's awesome yeah, and I have a, for example, 
I hired even because I'm going to do all the animations and I've done some VFX animations. So, you know, water, fire, mm -hmm. I've done a little bit of it, but it's not my specialty. And so I found the most incredible VFX animator and she is in Ukraine. She's Ukrainian and her name is Sonia Fursova. And so she's going to be doing all the beautiful, incredible like, you know, water splashes and all that kind of stuff. So I'm so excited to work with her. And obviously her vision is going to just add to the overall, um, you know, magic of the yeah. film. So, yeah. Awesome. I got to ask, when are you dipping into comics? Because you, you've, you've taken over video games. You've taken over movies now. You say you love to draw, draw, draw. So when we get in a comic book from you? I've actually done one comic book um, okay. long ago for a client. And I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it because I'm not sure if it ever saw the light of day because I didn't okay. see it online and all that but stuff. But you did but something. I did it. I, okay. I find comic books and storyboards have a nice yeah. uh, kind of like overlapping. Kind, comic books are slightly different because you have mm -hmm. to have it all on one page. Mm -hmm. But I think if you if you are a comic artist, you could be probably a very good storyboard artist and mm -hmm. vice versa. So I yeah. think those two art forms are very beautiful, and I've I've tried it. Um, I don't know if I will go back to it ever because I love <laughs> it move. Like that's my favorite gotcha. thing, seeing it move. But I did try it, and it's awesome. So yay, comics! Okay, great. Well. There we go. I hope you see the lot of later. We get them autographs. So yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about autographs, are you going to be doing any shows, presentations? Are you going to be anywhere we could hear you speak in person or yes. you get more teases about this dope project? Oh, absolutely. I love going to events. I've been to a whole bunch of events uh, since pandemic. I just came back from Digital Dragons. If you uh, ever want to check it out, it's a festival in Krakow about video games. And then I'm going to an animation festival in Berlin in Germany, uh, that's coming up end of September. And then fingers crossed, I might go to Italy for another, and I think it's like comics and then, uh, you know, animation, all the arts. It's uh, it's in uh, Torino and it's another festival coming up. Oh, yeah. Yes, every year I go to them. I try and go to as many events as possible. I do online events. I also do workshops. Uh, so I usually post about it in my Instagram or in my Twitter. And I tell everybody, hey, I'm doing a workshop, please sign up. And those are online and, you know, anybody can join. I do posing for animation and I'm going to be doing an animation workshop very soon about walk cycles. So nice. that's what yeah. forward to. And of course, everything I make on those is going into the film. <laughs> so this is the reason I'm doing <laughs> This Perfect. is why she's staying busy because Jesus <laughs> Christ, how do you, do you, have you cloned yourself? Is the other part, <laughs> the other you sleeping or something? <laughs> no, we'll see how it goes. For you now, actually, busy. my work-life balance is pretty good. But as Great. soon as we start doing like more production on the film, it it, it might be not so balanced. But we'll see. <laughs> I'll try and stay healthy. I'm I'm giving myself two years to make this film because I want to stay healthy. I don't want to mm -hmm. push myself too hard to finish it in one year. Um, because I have to work still on my projects while I do it. Because mm -hmm. as I said, the funding is going to go to pay all the other amazing team members, and I'm gonna have to keep doing the animation just like on the side. Uh, so I think two years. I think two years is a good timeline because then I can have quotas for myself, you know, when to hit certain milestones. And yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And then I'll I'll be going on the festival tour. And we can yeah. come back here and talk about it, where you can see the film, when That'd it's like awesome. in every country, well, hopefully, doing well, a festival run. You better, if you hit Puerto Rico, you better invite Antonio to the red carpet. And then when you I'll hit New York either. or Massachusetts, you better invite me to the red carpet. Did you, you know? You better throw one. 
my first love was a Puerto Rican man. Yeah. And we fell in love on vacation. And I went to Puerto Rico to visit him. So yes. Oh, wow. We still okay. also stay in touch, which is absolutely awesome. That's He's cool. like one of my only exes that I'm still friends with. <laughs> so yeah. Well, where did you visit when you came over? Uh, so I went to, um, uh, oh my God, I was 15 at the time. So it's been a long time, but I went to two places. So I went to, uh, it's, is it San, um, San Juan? San Juan. And then we went to a small village where his family's from. So don't remember the name, but also I went to these beautiful caves. Like they're like, um, oh God, I forget the name of it. It was really nice. It was Camuy, like, maybe, maybe. Well, Camuy. Yeah, it wasn't far from San Juan. So like, yes. It wasn't. Mm. Yeah, so it was very beautiful. And we also... Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the one. It was a long time ago, um, but it was beautiful. And I really, really loved it. And it was very nice. Yes. Oh, man. So, you know, Puerto Rico has a Comic-Con. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, you better be doing some showing up because it's not just comics, they cover everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it would be a great place to, to highlight your film because I'm trying to get. I, I know a film all fest. The things, all the film. Like, I want to go everywhere. Once it hits, like, live, I'm going to, like, just book travel. Like, you know, just to. Well, to I got the perfect film fest for you. Geek Fest, Film Fest is all, all about it, geek all culture. And I got hooked up with Bill because this is up the alley in two years. We'll see you at every convention. Yeah, you know, through him. That'll be dope. <laughs> Woo! I'm a team Tina, baby. <laughs> exciting, <laughs> exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tina, uh, for real, thank you so much for your time and chat chat. And so, folks, here's the first thing I want you to do. Support this amazing creator on Twitter at Naraki. Nor- Nor- oh, my God. Navrotsky. Nor- 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 there we go. I swallowed the word. Navrotsky Nor- <laughs> Tina on Twitter. Okay, uh, Tina, uh, Navratsky art on Instagram yes. and then Tina Navratsky characters yes. on Facebook. On Facebook. Right. Follow all the things and of course support the, the Indiegogo, baby. We need to pay my team. Everybody, yes. we need yes. to pay them. So please, please donate whatever Listen. you can. Even the smallest amount helps. And it's, you know, we have 23 days, I think, left. So a little bit over three weeks. But I feel in my bones that we can make it. We can make it to the end. Yeah, so it will you're happen. halfway there already. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, you're going to get there plus more and then some. Oh, yes. Interesting. Materialize, yes. Yes. So it's going to happen. You have 51% of a fixed goal. So forget about it. You're, you're right there, get, right there. Yeah, you're going to get to about, I say, 60. Let's say 60. All right. And, and, then, and then even more from there. All right. Thank you. I, I, will, I will hold you to that uh, <laughs> prediction that it's going to happen. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I dig it. Okay. So, mi gente, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Antonio, thank you for your help. And, and thank you. For you know, helping out when the internet wasn't cooperating. Thank you, Spectrum, for your wonderful service. Not. Um, <laughs> uh, with that, thank you, everybody, for tuning out. Again, and hang out. Yo, Tina is, is an amazing future star. You're already seeing what she can do with Cuphead. Wait till you see what she's doing with this flick, and wait till you see what she's coming up with next. I'm I don't think that. the world is ready, but I'm ready. And Tony, you're ready. Yeah. is ready. And are you ready? Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. 
Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 